welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report. Today for God, what day is it? March 23rd of 2020. I've been self-isolated for like a week and a half. I don't even really... I've lost sense of time and direction. Uh, but my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest gaming news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, this is your one-stop shop for all of the gaming news you need to know. And today for our headline story, we do have a follow-up from a topic we covered last week. GameStop was open in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, but that is no more after state government officials and in general pretty much the entire u.s population really called him out on it so we'll talk more about that then we have some copyright confusion happening in the world of dreams animal crossing is killing it at retail microsoft is testing project x cloud and google is launching a new program within the stadia community that could get some indie devs on board so without further ado let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news First off, GameStop will temporarily close all storefronts to customers. The retailer had previously told employees to disregard coronavirus-related lockdowns. GameStop is temporarily closing all of its U.S.-based retail locations and moving to, quote, delivery-only starting on March 22nd, the company announced on Saturday. It is an abrupt reversal for the company, which just a few days ago was defending its decision to keep its doors open as an essential business and was instructing staff to ignore coronavirus-related lockdowns. GameStop CEO George Sherman said in a letter to customers that it will temporarily stop customer access to storefronts and would be processing orders on a digital-only basis. Customers can use the GameStop app or QR codes at its stores, although future purchases will be given to customers via curbside pickup at its retail locations or through e-commerce deliveries. In a letter obtained by Kotaku, Sherman said that GameStop will provide 80 hours of extra paid time off for eligible employees, while employees not eligible for the additional PTO will receive two extra weeks of pay. The news comes only a day after the company announced that it would close all of its California retail stores following an executive order issued by Governor Gavin Newsom amid the COVID-19 pandemic. So, of course, for those that are not caught up on the situation, GameStop was being very bold by not closing their stores. And in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic, it seems that they were trying to take advantage of the fact that video game sales are on the up and up. A lot of people are home from work, whether voluntarily or by force. And so what are they going to do with their time? You could rent a movie and get an hour or two of joy out of that. Or you could go out and buy a new video game, for instance, Doom Eternal or Animal Crossing New Horizons. And there you have it. That's 30 or 40 hours minimally sorted. And so, of course, video game sales are are continuing to rise and GameStop wanted to capitalize on that and the capitalist portion of me totally understands that. However, from a public health perspective, that's completely and totally backwards. You really should be closing your stores. You certainly don't want people gathering for midnight releases, which had been canceled for last week's releases of Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal. Uh, and so I think that this was kind of the inevitable outcome for this entire situation. 
Now, my question is, how many people are going to be taking advantage of the curbside pickup or the delivery? That still is yet to be seen. I'm not entirely sure how that will shake out. Of course, that's pretty much what a lot of businesses are having to rely on. Everybody from the restaurant industry is pretty much relying on takeout exclusively, and it seems the GameStop is having to go with that route as well. Uh, but finally, they have closed all of the GameStop uh, US storefronts, and I know that Game a retailer in the UK is following suit as well, which I believe are all owned by the same parent company. Uh, so they are having to deal with this as a giant global body. Now, with that being said, good move overall, and I'm glad to see GameStop finally taking uh, some responsibility here and continuing to keep their customers protected. Uh, but it could be too little too late. I think this has tarnished the reputation of the retailer even more than it was already tarnished by years and years of giving people horrible deals on trade-ins and then marking them up exponentially. However, an interesting story this one is, Sony has removed Mario from Dreams after Nintendo issues a copyright strike. If you are one of the many who are playing Media Molecule's Dreams, or maybe you have just been keeping an eye on the community, you will no doubt have seen an incredible selection of user-created games, called Dreams, made within the game. However, it seems Nintendo is not too happy with one character model created for the community to use. Piece of Craft, a Dreams user who created a rigged Mario character model for the community to use in their creations, has announced that their model is now moderated and has been removed from Dreams due to contains copyrighted material, and that's a direct quote. The user took to Twitter to explain, a big video game company who I will keep nameless obviously didn't read my be cool note in Dreams, they said. In the comments, they replied to someone who was speculating that it might not be Nintendo who issued the takedown, but Piece of Craft confirmed it was the company as the email about the copyright claim claims uh, the name of the claimant. In this case, it says Nintendo, they confirmed. They also confirmed that the email came from Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe from the Business Affairs Division and that Nintendo objected to the use of Super Mario IP in Dreams. The takedown is not at all surprising, as Nintendo is well known for issuing copyright strikes on content that makes use of their IP. The company was at one point against gameplay footage of its own games being uploaded, but seemed to have been more laid back in recent years. Dreams does include a lot of content from other IPs, such as movies, cartoons, and more, but last year it was revealed that Media Molecule was looking into a commercial license so that whatever users make in Dreams can be used outside of it. A beta test went live this month, allowing users to create creations outside of the game for business purposes. Excuse me, use creations outside of the game for business purposes. Piece of Craft confirms that they can no longer edit the model and other users cannot find it or use it now. They are unsure how this affects levels that have model, excuse me, that have the model being used, but as Eurogamer points out, there seem to be levels that are still playable. Super Mario 64 HD by Euro Tamashi and Super Mario Infinity Demo by Silver Dragon X still seem to be up and running. It's kind of like a slap on the wrist, piece of craft states. According to Piece of Craft, they have a plan which looks to be revealed at some point today. They also joke that they are going to move on to creating Disney models, but then confirm they are actually waiting on a permission slip and the green light, so it seems as if they have reached out to Disney to create something. So this is a very interesting issue that we have here today because, of course, Dreams is more than just a game. Dreams has the potential to evolve to become a platform. And so what I mean by this is that you could see over time more and more people dive into the world of Dreams. And as the article does say, the guys at Media Molecule are figuring out a way to license whatever is created within the world of Dreams out into other areas of the gaming sphere, the movie sphere, whatever it might be. 
So if somebody creates the next Super Meat Boy, for instance, within the world of dreams, they can take that and Media Molecule nor Sony owns any portion of that and they could make their own exact game. Now that's cool if you are creating something that's original. I like that idea because it makes dreams into a monetizable platform for fledgling creators to actually get out there and hone their craft. But when it comes to Nintendo, who is notoriously strict about copyright law, that's a really gray area that they probably do not want to get into at all, especially whenever you do have developers out there that are playing around in the world of dreams that can really create some pretty impressive stuff. In fact, stuff that rivals very big AAA games. Now, if you see something made in dreams, you can pretty much tell that it's made in dreams, but that's not to say that it's not a high quality piece of content. And so Nintendo does not want their uh, IP being used outside of their discretion, which makes perfect sense. Uh, I think that right now, this specific instance is something that is going to have to be a learning experience for the team at Media Molecule. And it's interesting to see how Sony is handling the situation because that way we get kind of a peek behind the curtain, if you will. And we see exactly how the law side of this works. It seems that the publisher is held liable, or at least that they take responsibility for what is put out in in the world of dreams, not necessarily media molecule. Uh, so it's really interesting to see how all of this is going down, but of course, uh, Dreams not doing poorly. I know that a lot of people are saying the game is not doing that well, uh, but I don't think you can hold Dreams to the same level of expectation as you can a Doom Eternal or an Animal Crossing or a Resident Evil 3. I think that from the get-go, uh, it was destined to be something that catered to a niche community, and to a niche community it has catered, uh, and I think that a ton of people are making some pretty impressive stuff, and I have seen some creators on Twitch and other platforms really enjoying what the game brings to the table. Uh, but as for right now, you cannot enjoy what Nintendo brings to the table in the table of uh, dreams, at least not anymore. But speaking of Nintendo, Animal Crossing New Horizons is smashing sales records in the UK. It is the fastest selling single Switch game ever. Nintendo's critically acclaimed sequel, of course Animal Crossing New Horizons, has sold more copies in its first week on sale than the launch sales of all previous Animal Crossing games combined, including the spinoffs. The launch is 3.5 times bigger than the last game in the series, 2013's Animal Crossing New Leaf on Nintendo 3DS, which was the previous biggest launch for the series. It was also the biggest single game launch on Nintendo Switch since the console came out, although if you combine the sales of Pokemon Sword and Shield together, those games enjoyed a bigger first week. The only factors in physical sales, excuse me, this only factors in physical sales, it does not include digital download numbers, which may have been higher than usual considering the concerns surrounding COVID-19, and of course, the UK government recommended that citizens stay indoors. Nintendo does not share digital download data externally. It is no surprise to learn that Nintendo's game was number one in the boxed charts this week, comfortably ahead of Doom Eternal, which debuts at number two. Doom Eternal's physical launch sales are roughly a third smaller than its predecessor, but the drop may not be quite so significant if we factor in digital sales. Unfortunately, Bethesda also does not share digital download figures, so we don't really know how the game performed. It's been a major week for boxed game sales overall, with more than 475,000 physical games sold over the last seven days. That's more than three times the previous week's numbers. Of course, Animal Crossing New Horizons and Doom Eternal played a big part in that, but game sales have surged across the board. Call of Duty Modern Warfare at number three enjoyed a 282% sales jump. FIFA 20 at number four posted a 326% increase. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at number five achieved a rise of 100% and the list goes on.
In fact, only three games across the entire top 40 dropped in sales week on week. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX fell 24%, Two Point Hospital slipped 8%, and Neo 2, which was number one last week, fell 55% in sales. All three of those games are relatively recent releases. According to retailers, that has been a jump in demand for games as consumers prepare to stay at home to slow the spread of COVID-19. We will get a wider view of the market when the download data comes in later this week. And of course, here is the GFK Top 10 for the week in the UK. Again, as we said, Animal Crossing New Horizons at number one, Doom Eternal at two, followed by Modern Warfare, FIFA 20, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Grand Theft Auto 5 coming in at number six, with Crash Bandicoot The Insane Trilogy at seven, Horizon 4, or Forza Horizon 4 at eight, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled at nine, and 10 holds Red Dead Redemption 2. So, video game sales are through the roof because of the coronavirus right now. Personally, I bought Doom Eternal on Amazon, but they're pretty much only stocking toilet paper and dish soap and hand sanitizer at this point, so that thing's coming on Friday of this week. Gives me something to look forward to throughout the course of the week. And I got Doom 64 as that pre-order bonus. Uh, so, I think that right now you're going to be seeing two trends in the gaming industry. Number one, an explosive amount of growth. They're going to sell so many copies of a variety of games across all genres because more and more people are at home. I know that Steam has broken player records two weekends in a row. They broke a record and then they broke a record again. More and more people are staying at home, so they're not out at bars, they're not out at concerts, they're all just hanging out at home playing video games, and you are going to continue to see growth across all platforms. On top of that, you are going to be seeing a sharp decline in physical sales and a large uptick in digital sales because people aren't going out and buying games necessarily unless they absolutely have to. A lot of games are going to be purchased digitally, and I think that Animal Crossing New Leaf is one of the biggest uh, proponents of that kind of trend. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of digital sales. On top of that, Doom Eternal is the same way. That's going to be a trend you see more and more over the course of the coming weeks, uh, especially as the coronavirus continues to have its impact. Uh, but I think that impact is going to continue well into the future. You are going to be seeing more people jump on board with just buying the game digitally. They really don't want to deal with what's coming uh, out physically. It's much easier just to sit on your couch and download things. And of course, with sales getting more aligned with what you would expect from a physical uh, retail location, definitely a good move as well. So Animal Crossing New Horizons killing it in the UK, and I would expect the same thing when we get the US numbers in a few days. However, Microsoft has started internal testing for Project xCloud on PC. Microsoft has started internal testing on Project xCloud for PC this week. This is according to The Verge, which was given a sneak peek at it on Windows 10. In order to stream Xbox games to a PC, users will need to download a Xbox game streaming app for Windows 10. According to the article, the interface looks similar to what's available on mobile. The PC app supports streaming games from Xbox One locally or remotely, instead of using Microsoft's xCloud server blades, states the article. Like the mobile versions, in order to take advantage of xCloud, users will need to own a Bluetooth Xbox One controller, have a Microsoft account, and an internet connection. The current test available to Microsoft employees is limited to 720p streams, but 1080p testing is just around the corner. Project xCloud is currently in preview for Android and iOS, and there are multiple games available in preview for Android, but iOS testing is limited. 
Microsoft has yet to announce how its streaming service will tie into Xbox Series X, but it's likely to be a big feature for the console. And of course, speaking of Series X, if you want to check out all of the information for the big Microsoft console coming later this year, I've got an entire podcast ready and waiting for you in last week's roster, so dive in and give it a look. Now, Project xCloud, very cool piece of tech here uh, that in a way is competing with Google Stadia, which we'll talk about more in a moment. Uh, And on top of that, you also have it competing somewhat alongside PlayStation Now. Uh, And so I think this mobile aspect that we've seen already with Android and iOS has been relatively successful. I think the iOS version is going to need to iron out a couple of kinks because of the fact that Apple is very stingy with who is able to host a store in a way on their platform uh, because they want the app store to be the unified location for where you go to get games. And so if I can't get Halo on the app store, but I can get it through Project xCloud, they might just not allow xCloud to host a specific amount of content. And that's not entirely fair because you have uh, various gaming platforms on the iOS device on top of that. Uh, App Store, or excuse me, iTunes sells movies. Uh, You can also get movies on Netflix, and you can also get movies on uh, Hulu and so many other platforms. So it's a very gray area right now that doesn't have a lot of guidance, a lot of guidelines in place. So we'll need to kind of evaluate where we are with that and kind of reevaluate the approach uh, to the world of streaming and to the world of gaming on the go. But when it comes to PCs, oh, that's very much so open because Windows 10 and Microsoft, oh, those are aligned perfectly. Guess what? There's Xbox. Boom shakalaka. You have a completely and totally uh, streamlined experience. You cut out every middleman and you have everything in-house. I have a feeling the PC version of this tech is going to be very, very impressive. On top of that, it's going to be built into every Windows 10 PC. You are going to be able to do this, and that's incredibly powerful. Uh, In a way, they're kind of following the same trend that we saw with Mixer, where Mixer is popular, not as popular as Twitch, but it's popular, uh, and it's gotten as much traction as it has gotten because it's built into the DNA of the Xbox One. And on top of that, it's built into the DNA of the actual Windows 10 PCs, uh, which include millions of machines around the world. That's very impressive. So I think that's definitely going to be play be playing a big part into the success of Project xCloud, uh, but we will have to wait and see how things go. If you do want to dive into the preview program, you can apply uh, to get early access, and I must admit, It's pretty cool. But finally, to round out today's show, speaking of streaming platforms, Google is launching a Stadia Makers program to attract more indie developers. It's offering tech support, dev kits, and funding, otherwise known as, you know, building a video game and supporting game developers. Uh, It's no secret that Google is looking to boost the number of games it has to offer on Stadia, and today the Google for Games Developer Summit or at the Google for Games Developer Summit, the company announced a new Stadia Makers program to expand self-publishing opportunities for independent developers on the game streaming platform. Google's announcement highlights three key benefits of the program, which is being run in partnership with Unity. Technical assistance from the Unity team, up to five physical development kits, depending on how big your dev team is, and a promise that Google will help provide funding to offset some of the cost of developing for another platform. Right now, the program is available to developers who are building games on Unity 2019.3 or later and are planning to release their game in either 2020 or 2021 and are willing to commit to offering Stadia support at launch. 
Google's announcement says the program will start small, but for now will expand to pave the way for development teams and, of course, for all sizes to bring their titles to Stadia over time. And if you are an interested developer, the link is in the article, which I have linked down below from The Verge. Now, as I said, whenever I went into that article, this is kind of something that from the perspective of somebody who pays attention to the gaming industry is largely an expected part of game development. If you are getting a game on a specific platform and it's trying to be some kind of at least timed exclusive, uh, there is often money exchanging hands, support is given, developer kits are given, uh, and it kind of helps people ease their game along the way onto the platform. Now, what's interesting here is that I can't really find a specific point in this indie developer offering that is exclusive to Stadia. I can't really see anything uh, that seems to indicate this is going to be something that locks these games on the platform, uh, essentially in a way to die. Uh, it's kind of like how Castle Crashers came out of the Ouya phase. You would have a potentially great indie game stuck on the Stadia, uh, at least for the time being. And so it seems that's not exactly the case, but they're just trying to bolster their offering and get more people on the platform. Uh, it's very interesting to see their approach here. And overall, I'm pretty impressed that they're trying to get into this entire world and they're trying to contact more indie developers uh, because Stadia needs something that's good, that's an exclusive to Thrive. For instance, if you look at Xbox, you've got Halo, you've got Gears, you've got Forza, you've got uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, you've got all of the, uh, so many games that have come out uh, that are exclusive to the Xbox platform. On the PlayStation side of things, you have God of War, Uncharted, The Last of Us, Tetris Effect is one that comes to my mind. Uh, you have so many of these games, and so with Stadia, you have a couple of indies here and there. I think there might be one or two that are exclusive to Stadia, and even most of those, if not all of them, have come out on the competing platforms. So it's kind of confusing right now why you would ever want Stadia. And I think that Google is trying to justify having the service going forward. Uh, and so I think that this program could definitely help bolster that uh, initiative, but right now, Nothing really uh, drawing a lot of people to be Stadia developers. So we'll see how that goes, and I'm excited to keep up with the news as it continues to roll out. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and if you did, be sure to drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about GameStop finally closing their doors, Sony removing Mario from Dreams, of course, because Nintendo told them to, Animal Crossing New Horizons, how is that game treating you? I would love to hear your thoughts. But in until tomorrow, you guys have a great one. I'll talk to you soon and peace.